Hello and welcome to the Touchdown Review Show. We are, we are recording live from the stunning SoFi Stadium, uh, is what I'd say if Roger had returned or even read my DMs. Uh, no mains this weekend um, as he battles the real world. So in his absence, I'm your host for the evening, Willow, uh, and I won't be attempting the accent. Uh, but joining me as ever is the electric three-headed monster that is in registration order, uh, Tabor Boo, uh, Callum Squires and Joe Valenzuela. Gentlemen, how are we? All good. I'm sad to hear you're not going to do the, the accent, but um, it's probably best as well. I gave it a, a moment's thought, realised that I can barely do anything other than my own accent. So we, we're stuck with this. Um, but I'm sure uh, Paul's got some wizardry on the back end that can make me sound somewhat scouse. Um, I don't know if anybody noticed, but we had a Super Bowl this weekend. Um, 23 to 20 victory for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, let's just dive straight in. Um, Callum, uh, in terms of the, uh, the legacy of Sean McVay and his reputation in the game, Given that he effectively played the entire game on hard mode with no OBJ and sticking to a belly, non-existent run game, what does this do for him moving forward? It does a lot. Um, and I think you could argue that it probably does a lot for Matthew Stafford's as well. Um, if you want to talk, you know, hard mode, Stafford and McVeigh are, for better or for worse, now forever going to be tied together. As soon as you make the trade that the Rams did, Stafford and McVeigh's legacies were going to be intertwined in one way or another. Um, yeah, it was it was massive because for a, for a coach who is viewed as you know this offensive mind and uh, you know always remembers every single play from his career and has been in ingenious in adding to the league and how things are done um, to go to the Super Bowl three years ago and only score three points was somewhat of a rude awakening. Admittedly, you're playing Belichick, you're playing the Patriots, um, but it was embarrassing. I think McVeigh would probably, you know, agree with that. So for him now to be able to bounce back and, you know, 23 points is hardly the most anyone's ever scored, um, but it was enough to win the game. And that's that's really the key thing. Um, you know, I think I was personally, I, I know Joe won't share this, but I was personally very sad for OBJ getting hurt. Um, you know, I think he had started the game so well, you know, the opening touchdown and, and really looked like he was on fire, um, as he kind of has done ever since he's been rejuvenated in L.A., um, and so, you know, happy for him and happy for Stafford and McVeigh that they've managed to uh, add this to their legacies. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, you know, heartbroken for the Ra- uh, for the Bengals, excuse me, um, especially Joe Burrow and those receivers. But yeah, I think I think for McVeigh's legacy, it's huge. Um, really, kind of gives him credence to say that all of the moves they've made, all of the trades they trades they've made uh, in the Rams organization, it's worth it if you win. Tampa Bay went all in last year. They won, and LA went all in this year. And when you deliver the trophy, nothing else really matters. Well, exactly. And um, obviously, to, to do it in such dramatic style at the end, obviously, helps. Um, they didn't have to make hard, hard work of it. And Joe, obviously, I, I know that you're our resident Cincinnati, uh, not not so much hater, but... Denier. denier. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really. Cincinnati um, denier. They had an excellent opportunity uh, this weekend, and it felt to me like they let that opportunity sort of pass. Where do you think it kind of went wrong for them, um, sort of especially in the second half? And, and how much blame should that uh, head coach of theirs, Zach Taylor, shoulder? Yeah, I don't. I thought he was going to maybe mess up the game a little more. I never felt like he did anything that I was like, oh, my God, that's, you know, he, he didn't get in his own way. So, you know, I think if, if you ask that team if they want 
a chance to go win the game with two minutes left, they would have taken it. So I don't know if they ever lost the game before that, but that last drive, um, obviously you have two plays to get one yard and you can't do it. You probably don't deserve to win. Like it's the Super Bowl. So I know uh, Aaron Donald, you know, basically made the play on both of them, but I would have run it again on fourth down. And then at the same time, if you run it and don't get it, you're like, I can't believe you don't give the ball to Joe Burrow. But obviously, you know, that didn't pan out. Um, and then I know, well, I'm not sure, but there's been that replay of Jamar Chase being wide open if he had, you know, half a second more because Jalen Ramsey fell. So, it's, you know, that's how close it is with the Super Bowl. I mean, the best player I think everyone could agree on is Aaron Donald, and he basically made the play of his life, you know, to win the game. So that's what it takes. So I just – they were the better team, and I think that was proof right there. Like, they, they just had better players at, at critical times. I don't, I don't think it was uh, – well, um, I, I don't know if it was just me, but I thought the decision to to give the ball to Samaji Perry on the th- on third yeah. down was a, Yeah, I wanted Joe Mixon, yeah, at that point. I, I appreciate that they may have come out sort of at the end and said well, he's our third down back, but he's also yeah. had one rush for no yards, and that's it today. Just give it to the guy that's clearly your best <laughs> rushing uh, running back. Um Bit of an odd one for me, um, but I'm going to let uh, Taib take the floor and wax lyrical uh, about Matthew Stafford, which is something that he's uh, so clearly desperate to do. Um, what does this do for him as a player moving forward? What's his legacy and where does where, where does he go for the next three or four years of his career, however long it is at this stage? Um, For his legacy, well, well, I think his legacy will be whenever he, t- whenever he does eventually hang it all up. He'll be remembered as one of the most clutch performers in the NFL. Currently, there's no active player that leads. He is the current active quarterback that leads in fourth quarter game winning drives. Tom Brady was the only one ahead of him. Now he's retired. Everybody else that's on the list is all in the Hall of Fame. Now, I'm not saying Stafford's in the Hall of Fame, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of a worthless debate because he's still going to play for another three or four seasons. But that's just what he is. Like, I think we define sports people, whether you watch the Olympics, Usain Bolt did it on the biggest stage or Cristiano Ronaldo scores in the Champions League final or Tiger Woods did it on a final Sunday at the Masters. Matthew Stafford did it in the three biggest games of his career and he did it. He had to go to Tampa Bay against the greatest quarterback of all time and his team collapsed in that second half. Cooper Cup fumbled the ball. Everyone was fumbling the ball. Sean McVay couldn't call the decent play to save his life. The high snap then backs them back up in the end zone. And when you think Brady's Jalen Ramsey then falls and Mike Evans gets the game tie and touchdown, and you think Brady and the Bucks have done it again. And Stafford fired a missile to Cooper Cup to win the game. Then in the NFC Championship game, they're 10 points down to a team that's beaten them six times in a row. There's more San Francisco fans than Rams fans in the stadium. And again, you're thinking, have these guys got our number? And he leads another game leading or go-ahead score drive that, and they eventually seal the game. That drive on Sunday will be remembered as one of the great Super Bowl winning drives. And I think that will be Stafford's legacy forever. He is, yes, he has his flaws, like a lot of quarterbacks do. But when it matters the most, he comes up big. And he did it in Detroit. But because like 10 people watch Lions games, it never really mattered. You know what I mean? It's like what Paul said on another show, when the Lions played Washington, maybe 15 people cared about it. Nobody else did. Doing it on a Super Bowl in front of the entire world. And that second and seventh throw, that no look past the Cooper Cup is just an insane throw. It's one of the best throws I've seen in Super Bowl history. So I think that'll be his legacy is that he's a big time performer. I always knew it, but nobody else really did because again, nobody watches Lions games. Mercifully, nobody else watches Lions games. Um, 
and he just did it in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Steve Young said it was a Hall of Fame stretch in the playoffs that Stafford put together, and it certainly was. And I think for his career, he'll only get better. I think three or four years, if McVeigh hangs around, whether or not Elliot will bring the entire band back together, I don't think that'll happen. But offensively, they'll, I'm sure he'll put up big numbers and have strong seasons to come in Los Angeles. I just, I just feel like it was vindication for him. He bet on himself, you know, the Detroit Lions failed him and he bet on himself and he went and delivered a Super Bowl. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I you, you gave me a bit of stick uh, online, and I thought I thought we were gonna uh, hash it out uh, just there. But um, no, I mean uh, to, he, that that final drive, you you can't say as anything other than impressive. Given there was, I, I don't think Cam Akers made what more than eight yards. In, well, in this a is the thing. Like people have always said, oh, Stafford comes up short when it matters the most. On that during that game, I think the Rams on the ground were averaging one point nine yards per carry. They had Ben Skoranek, who dropped a pass in the NFC Championship game, and before that, I'd never heard of him. They had Bryson Hopkins, who was TE3, and Van Jefferson, who couldn't create separation in a phone booth. Um, so all he had was Cooper Cup, and he still managed to do it. Now, quarterbacks, some other quarterbacks have done less with more, you know, and then they'll turn around after their failures and say it was everybody else's fault, not mine. Stafford just got his head down and delivered the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It's 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 you can't see more than that, and that's where I think you, even if you don't necessarily rate him, you've got to say in the biggest moment of his career and the biggest moment in the Rams franchise, he came up big when he needed to. Yeah, fair, fair enough. And um, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, you you can't take away his ring at this stage. Um, so he's literally got that forever. Um, I want to talk about what matters most uh, now with with Callum, obviously. In the pantheon of, uh, of of great halftime shows, in my mind, there are three. Um, you got Prince, um, sort of in the in the rain. You've got I, I really like the Who in in two thousand and ten, um, and and who can forget the Black Eyed Peas uh, in two thousand and eleven? Just 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 smashing out of the park. Um, talk to me about the Dr. Dre experience. Um, where does that go down in terms of? halftime shows in Super Bowl history. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about, is it the best ever? Um, where do they go from here kind of thing? Because that, that, that was pretty spectacular, right? I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't include Katy Perry and the Left Shark fiasco from a few years ago, because that, that has to go down in history as a, one of the finest 15-minute uh, segments on American TV ever. Um, yeah, no, it was fantastic. And I think it's really rare that you find something... Like this, because music can be divisive to an extent. You know, everyone has their genres, their artists, their songs they like and dislike. But for literally everyone other than crazy right-wing extremists to be saying, wow, that was amazing, that speaks its own story. No, it was fantastic. Um, you know, Do Dr. Dre, It's I guess it's the benefit of being a rapper as opposed to a singer in some cases that, you know, you're not going to lose your voice as much as you might do as you get older as a singer, per se, shall we say? So... Dr. Dre sounded just as good as he did 30 years ago, you know. So, um, you know, I think, honestly, it was superb from start to finish. I was surprised we didn't get a little bit more from Eminem. I thought mm -hmm. there would be a little bit, I thought there'd be a little bit more of him. Not, not that it ruined it by any means, but just I thought as arguably the biggest mainstream performer out of those five or six people on the stage. Um, historically, I thought you would give him a little bit more time. Um 
the the 50 cent hanging upside down was a wonderful callback to the uh, Indy Club video that really kind of brought him onto the scene. I thought that was highly enjoyable. And, you know, from start to finish, uh, it was great. It, it will go down, as you said, Tom, in the, in the pantheon of uh, Super Bowl halftime shows that will be remembered. And, you know, you know who's the worst, the worst decision now is deciding who's going to have to follow that next year in Arizona because uh, it wouldn't be me saying yes to the Super Bowl halftime show following uh, Snoop, Dre, uh, Mary, 50, Kendrick and Eminem. I mean, I think, I guess the only disappointment was that I know there was a lot of people out there with money on Snoop Dogg to smoke during the show. And obviously, immediately afterwards, there was uh, clips being leaked of him smoking right before he went on stage, but not during the show. But no, it was a, it was a great performance and honestly, uh, a highlight of the day, honestly. I know we, we all, um, basically all last week, uh, discussed what would be the first song. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that we all, we all lost uh, in, in, that, in that sense. Um, it wasn't, wasn't just me. was disappointed at the lack of hologram action, though. I'm, I'm surprised that that was... Yeah, uh, oh, I, did, I did put the request into Skybet for a two-pack hologram. And when, when the California Love beat kicked in, I thought, oh, here we may, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But no, uh, not to be. I think, I think we can now, for once and for all, agree that two-pack probably is gone, unfortunately. Um, and the conspiracy theories can be laid to rest because if he was going to show up, it would have been during that show of all things. Um, Imagine if he actually yeah, did. Ne- oh, honestly. <laughs> I mean, what mind. would, what would happen? Um, <laughs> like, a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, where <laughs> were you? Might, we might have had to uh, delay the second half for a little bit while he did a press conference. Um, <laughs> but no, the, uh, yeah, I mean, next episode was kind of the bookie's favourite from start to finish. I know there was some money who came in for Lose Yourself at one point, but um, yeah, can't say I'm too surprised that it was next episode that was first song. I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that Still Dre would be last, um, but it was definitely a nice way to, to round off the performance. And, you know, I've already watched it back twice since Sunday and I'm sure I'll continue to do that in the future. Outstanding. Um, Joe, I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, talk about the Bengals for a bit more because I know it's your favourite topic. Um this was, or to me at least, it felt like uh, a real opportunity for Cincinnati, given their recent history um, in losing um, to to win a Super. I mean, obviously, to win a Super. Anytime you you make the Super Bowl, it is a real opportunity to win the thing. But um, was this? Do you feel an, the start of an era where they will compete for this sort of t- uh, title, or was this kind of their one opportunity? How do they move forward from this defeat? Uh, not well. I just, I just think they had a Cinderella run. I don't think. Let, let me pull it up because I had his numbers. I just didn't. I'm honestly, I, I want to like Joe Burrow, but I don't think he does anything that like, you know, wows me. Let me. Oh God. Okay, so he only had two hundred sixty yards and a touchdown. If you take away the 75-yard pass, which really shouldn't have counted, he's got under 200 yards, no touchdowns. He only threw over 300 yards in one playoff game. Um, In that game, he actually had no touchdowns. So I think the defense is really, you know, and not giving the credit that it's deserved. They they kept him in every single game uh, in the playoffs. You know, no team put 30 on them. You would think out of the four games, you know, these are good offenses. Someone's going to have some success and, you know, they never did. I just – and the the Bengals at times, definitely in the regular season, have looked like a unstoppable offense, but not once did they look like that, to, to me at least, in the playoffs. I, I thought they were good and efficient, but not like these wild plays like Jamar Chase on a, you know, 
80 yard bomb and maybe I'm forgetting some plays. I mean, he made it uh, one of the greatest Super Bowl catches I think I've ever seen, by the way, that catch on the sideline. Uh, but yeah, I just, I could see them. I, Joe Burrow reminds me of Jared Goff and like he, it could be that type of career where he gets, you know, he's a first pick, you know, he, Jared Goff didn't start well, but Burrow was hurt. So you kind of wait until the second year and then they take a, a, a big leap you know, get to the Super Bowl in their rookie contract, and then maybe, you know, they're just not able to reproduce. And I I think Jared Goff had a better coach than, than Joe Burrow. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just wanting to believe that they won't be, you know, have a stranglehold on that division for, like, the next 15 years. Because I, I do think it's going to be a very competitive division. And I think that's part of the reason he might not have as much success. I mean, that division, all four teams, because I think Pittsburgh will always be, you know, a, a contender. We'll, we'll have to compete every year for a while at least. So... I, I don't think they'll they'll ever make he'll ever make a Super Bowl again unless maybe you know down the road he's traded or you know like a Matt Stafford type situation. But yeah, just from a sort of a conference point of view, it, you 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 look at it go even going into next season, it's just sort of like yeah. Holmes, Allen, like the Titans are no doubt going to be really good. It just seems like there are yeah. loads of teams. And then what if Rogers goes to Denver? You know that gets. I mean that just. It's just sort of like the the, the Bengals. Um, to to me, I've, I've said it a couple of times, but I, I feel like they are as equally likely to go five and twelve. Mm-hmm. Is it now uh, next season as they are to go twelve and five? Um, based again, based purely on the last five or six years, um, you'd like mm-hmm. to think that they've they've turned a corner. Well, we'd like to think they turned a corner. You probably do not want to think that they turned. No, a <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just sort of like you you, you kind of need to see it backed up. Um, and whether or not that's going to be next season, is there going to be that hangover that seems to affect all Super Bowl oh. losers? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, it just, yeah, carry no, on. No, it just, it just feels like I just see like a Carolina future or a Falcons future for them, how they got there. And then it just, the spark slowly dwindles and then it's just gone. Just three Barrett. shots have been fired. I, I didn't mean the. Fa- I'm just. I'm sorry about the Falcons thing. I just had an honest <laughs> comparison. I didn't even know. I did. Uh, I, uh, I didn't even think about it. Oh my god. I wouldn't wish. Matt Ryan. You still have him. Joe Burrow, if he's bound to have a Matt Ryan career where he's just sort of like doing everything that he can and then just constantly let down by everyone around him. I can him. see that. So, oh my God. <laughs> I'm I can sorry. See that I, 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 can't, I can't stand by and let that go. If you're really trying to tell me that you think Joe Burrow is Matt Ryan, that's disrespectful to Joe I, on a I'm, thousand I'm levels. Serious. Like I'm that's serious. unbelievably disrespectful. He's, he had he, arguably the best college quarterback season we've ever seen. Yeah, he's he coming to the NFL and taking a franchise from nowhere to the Super Bowl in 24 months, he may well not get back, but that will not be Joe Burrow's fault. He may well not get back because, as you've just said fairly, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, all these potential good quarterbacks. But Joe Burrow deserves more respect on this podcast. We're going to find out. Clearly. Matt Ryan is a really good quarterback, guys. Um, back to the, uh, the the actual winners of this thing. We talk every year about the team that wins it. Can they become the next dynasty? Because the Patriots have just turned that into a thing over the last 20 years. The Rams are now the team to turn this into a dynasty. Tide, is it going to happen? Um, before I start, just on the Bengals, um, I hope they, don't, they didn't leave that game with an attitude of we'll be back because there's never a guarantee that you're ever going to come back. 
Do you know what I mean? And you look at some of the te- like Mahomes and Allen and Herbert aren't going anywhere. The Patriots, the Steelers, the Ravens are always going to be competitive. If Trevor Lawrence develops into everything that we believe he can become, there's just yeah. another problem. You know, like I hope because Super Bowl 49, everyone said, oh, Seattle will be back and they've not even got close. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I just hope that the Bengals don't fall into that mindset because it, I agree with you, Thomas. They could easily go from a 10-win season to having a 7-win season and not make a playoff spot. It's just kind of that's how competitive it is. Getting back to your question on the Rams, no, the NFL's too competitive for dynasties now. Like Brady's just an enormous outlier and the Patriots, to be fair, are an enormous outlier. The Rams have got massive list of players whose contracts are expiring. There's obviously talk that Donald might walk away, that McVeigh might call it quits sooner than later. Obviously, you don't know the statuses of people like Von Miller and Odell Beckham. They'll always be competitive. That, that, that seems like a given now. Like they've never had a losing season in the McVeigh era. But in terms of dominance, I find it hard to say. But they're in the right conference for it. You look at the NFC as a wasteland of teams. If Rogers leaves Green Bay, then they, they become significantly weaker. You could say then that really it's only Dallas and LA that are maybe the two top teams. If Rogers was to leave Green Bay and even Dallas are probably they flatter to deceive a lot of the times. So I think that'll probably play a massive factor in it. But I wouldn't expect them to have like a Patriots kind of three or four year spell like what New England had in the early 2000s. No, I mean, I think I think in order, to, I, I agree with you, hundred uh, percent. And I think when you look at teams that are trying to build a a, a a a team that's capable of winning every year for three and four years, not only do you have to be very successful in free agency, but you also have to be very successful in developing your own players. Um, and the Rams don't have any picks to develop their own players. Um, like I can I can see us now. I remember coming out of last season Super Bowl and the. The popular thing to say was Tampa Bay won the won the Super Bowl because they built a uh, offensive line for Tom Brady to stand behind and gave him all the time in the world to throw the ball. So that's how you win. And everybody went out and built or tried to build an offensive line. I think regardless of who won this weekend, um, nobody can look at the two teams uh, that played and go, "That's how you win a Super Bowl moving forward." There's not going to be a single team that can turn around and go, "The way for us to win a Super Bowl." in 2024 is to go out and sign one of the best receivers in the game, one of the best pass rushers of all time, and also one of the best quarterbacks that nobody's really talking about with all of our picks, because not only do you have to have no picks moving forward, but you also have to be based in LA where teams or players would like to play and go to. Um, I also uh, sort of agree with you in that it's, I'd like to see what happens with Odell moving forward. Obviously he's, out of contract in a couple of months. Um, what happens to him following his? I mean, is is he is he undergoing surgery? Do we know? Is that happening? It's a rumored ACL. I don't think anyone's confirmed it from like the yeah. earlier the Odell Beckham, but I think like the usual Schefter and Rappaport have all said it'll probably be an ACL, which will be the second ACL on that knee, which is really so sad to see because I think he would have been Super Bowl MVP had he played that whole game. He was, he was having a, an exceptional. Obviously, they gave it to Cooper Cup because he caught everything in that yeah. final drive. But like Odell was catching everything for mm. like a quarter. So um, it is interesting to see what they do with their no money, no picks situation moving forward. Uh, I think Odell probably... would probably end up back there. In all honesty, yeah, because yeah. because you know they they clearly very happy with him. Obviously, he's going to be out until the start of next season, rehabbing this injury, regardless. 
for another team to say, yeah, we're going to take a guy off two ACLs back to back. I, I don't see that happening. Um, I think the most likely outcome, you know, if, if I'm not going to, but as a betting man, I would 100% bet on him being back with the Rams next year. It's fair. I can also see, I, I don't think he's playing for much or didn't play for, for too much for the remainder of this season, right? He was willing to take something of a cut to be on a, on a team in a position to win a title. Um, no disrespect to the Cleveland Browns at that particular time. Um, they will be in a position to win titles soon, I promise you. But um, I think that he was, he, I, can, I agree with you. I think he would be willing to make that sort of cut again because it's, I mean, it's, it's LA. Everybody wants to play in LA, right? It's just really nice all the time. Why would you, why would you not want to play in that for millions yeah, of He's got LA written all over him too. I mean, it seems like a natural fit. Um, we will move on and, and do some some early predictions. Obviously, it's difficult to say given the season is three days uh, old or finished three days ago, um, and we'd have no idea um, even if Rams are going to have a head coach in a week's time. Um, but I'd like to hear what people think is going to happen next year based on what we have now. So if we go around the room, um, starting with, uh, I guess, Callum's on, on the Zoom call first. Um, AFC champion, NFC champion, and Super Bowl champion 2022 stroke 23. I am going to make this prediction based on Rogers remaining in Green Bay, which I think is what everything is um, pointing to right now. And I will say that as a result of that, Devontae Adams would also remain in Green Bay. Um, and I would think that, therefore, kind of as Taib touched on, I think the two best rosters in the NFC next year will be the Packers and the Cowboys, um, which will be unpopular with many people. But, you know, personally, I think the Cowboys really, both the Cowboys and the Packers should be kicking themselves uh, when you think that they lost to um, that Niners team, which were an absolute glass cannon and a the shambles that they got to the NFC title game. Um, so for me, the yeah, I, I, I'd say I'd say a Packers Cowboys NFC title game, if you like, um, a winner. Hard to pick, but I think I'll, I'll say the Packers, based on the Cowboys, seem to love to choke even more than Green Bay do. Um, and then on the AFC side, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I'd love to see Chiefs Bills again. Um, I think, I think the Chiefs and the Bills are the two best teams in the AFC. I think you'll need to watch out for the Ravens, who will be rejuvenated next year, as much as Joe doesn't want to hear that. Um, yeah. But Lamar and those weapons, they will be back. J.K. Dobbins will be back. Gus Edwards will be back. Um, I, I think the Ravens will be back with a bit of vengeance. I really think the Browns will be, be better as well, but I'm not ready to put them into that discussion just yet. Um, and, you know, watch out for Mike McDaniel's Dolphins revolution, obviously. Um, but in all yeah. seriousness, yeah, I'll say I'll say Bills against Chiefs, and you know what? Just for the intrigue of it, we'll say that this time Josh Allen gets a possession in overtime and is able to slay the beast. So I'll say Bills Packers Super Bowl, and just because I like them, let's uh, let's say that the Bills will beat the Packers to to win it in Arizona. They're owed one, right? No, it's, it's big. <laughs> I, um, well, I yeah, but do you know, yeah. it's one of those things where they are owed one, but I also really strongly feel. As much as, you know, I don't love his vaccine takes and this, that, and the other, I really strongly feel that a player of the calibre of Aaron Rodgers 
Um, and Taib won't like me for saying that, but really deserves more than one Super Bowl in his career. Um, and I think that, you know, he's obviously a Hall of Fame talent. And I, for the record, I think Stafford will be a Hall of Famer as well. Um, but I, I, I think Rodgers deserves another title. But yeah, certainly after losing four in a row or whatever it was in the 90s, um, it, it's hard not to will Buffalo to success, especially with that, that young roster and Allen and Diggs. They're, they're just so exciting to watch. Joe, hit me. Uh, AFC, NFC, Super Bowl champions. Uh, so I say off the bat, one overthinking Chiefs will be in that game. And I I, I want to say the Browns, because they do have the roster for it, depending on Baker. But realistically, it probably, I would I think the Ravens, I, I agree. Um, they're so, I mean, their record when he's healthy, they're, and they just, they have a different offense than everyone in the league, and they're built for that time of the year. And then, at, you know, at that point, I would take the Chiefs to get to the, the Super Bowl. And then I think Packers as well. Same thing. We're, we're considering Rodgers and, and Adams as a go. And then that it is wide open. I would have said the Cardinals before all this stuff happened. Um, but now I, I know this might sound crazy, but I think I could see a, a Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll run one more time. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He doesn't get considered bad. I think he's very underrated. And I think. They have a lot of good weapons. They have good running backs, good receivers, and maybe Bobby Wagner has one more year where he's elite. And then hopefully you can find someone that you draft and Jamal Adams. Um, he, I know he's been inconsistent, but when he's on his game, he's one of the best safeties. He's, he's a real game changer. So I could see that happening. And then I would take the Packers too. I think they, I just, they had, like, like you said, they, they have to be beating themselves up that they did not make the Super Bowl. And when they have, the roster, and I think they can give it one more shot too. And then I would take the Chiefs over the fact. So I know I don't want to bet against Mahomes. I think that was, you know, they lost 20, 21 to, to three at home. I don't, you know, that's that's a fluke game. He he's proven his success in the playoffs to me. Interesting, you brought up the uh, the Seahawks. As obviously, um, Callum pointed out that there's like uh, no, Callum pointed out, uh, Ty pointed out earlier. There's exactly two teams that you look at and go, they're actually pretty good in the NFC, and that's the Packers probably, uh, and and the Cowboys or, or the Rams, I suppose, at this point. But um, the Seattle, it, it does seem like that conference is is set for the the Cincinnati type Cinderella last to first team, right? Time is is it going to yeah. be Detroit? No, no, no. As much as I'd love to, I think they'll take a step forward. But I agree with you on that premise. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Atlanta came from nowhere and won nine games, ten games to get into the playoffs because they should be good offensively, anyways. And the kind of the landscape is so bare in the NFC that somebody has to make the playoffs. Like Philadelphia did this year. I don't think Philadelphia were great, but they still managed to make the playoffs. And then once once you're in, you kind of never really know. Um. Uh, to, to think Callum's point before I make my predictions is Aaron Rodgers doesn't deserve a Super Bowl if he plays a team from California in the snow in his home conditions and he scores 10 points. Um, I'm sorry. He just <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. He, you, he just take doesn't. That. He's, he's, played, he's played in Lambeau Field for what, since two, when I was in primary school? You know what I mean? And I'm 26 <laughs> years old now and, and he, he can't beat a team from San Francisco that doesn't even know what snow looks like. You know, like it's quarterback by Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers is a choker. Um, but I think they'll be in the NFC Championship game and I think they'll play the Cowboys <laughs> and I think the Dallas Cowboys will beat them and I think the Cowboys oh, will beat them next year. Um, I love Dak Prescott. 
I'd love to see him again. Similar with Stafford, I think people kind of underrate him a little bit, and I feel like it's it's just it's, it's a now or never moment for everyone in Dallas. Really, that team, the way it's been put together, they're all coming back. McCarthy, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn are all coming back for one more year. Obviously, Sean Payton and the rumors are kind of lurking around, like Payton might do a year of TV and then come back. So it's kind of now or never for this side that they've put together, and it is. Again, we'll not know what the Rams, what happens with Los Angeles, but the Cowboys roster is very, very strong. And again, I agree with you, Colin. They flattered the deceive and shouldn't have lost to that 49ers team. They found a way to do it and it cost them big time. So I'll go for Dallas to represent the NFC. And, and you know, I, I'd love to see Buffalo. It's one of my favorite 30 for 30 documentaries, The Four Falls of Buffalo. It's, it's so bittersweet as well. Um, because of what it meant, but then to go to four Super Bowls and to lose them all, it'd be brilliant just to see them back. Like we saw with Cincinnati, it's, it's amazing what it does for a city. And I'll go for finally Buffalo exercise all those ghosts and win the Super Bowl. I, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Josh Allen win it. Um, be a brilliant story for the NFL. This time's a charm. Well, um, I, I I have seen that documentary, the, the Disney Plus one, right? Or it's an ESPN one that's on yeah. Disney. Um, yeah. Who was the Buffalo Bills' first Super Bowl loss against? The Giants, the wide right uh, game. Uh, that ain't happening again, is it? Uh, okay, fair enough. Forget whatever point I was about to make about <laughs> They them. played the Cowboys <laughs> twice. They played the Cowboys <laughs> twice yeah. in that four-year span. Third time's a charm against the Cowboys in that case. Um, but I'm absolutely not having um, uh, Mick McCarthy's brother in the in the Super Bowl. Again, that's, that's just not happening. <laughs> um, <No>. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll <laughs> move on. Um, I, uh, I, I would deliver my... Uh, uh, Eagles are going to be the team that um, everybody looks at and goes, how the hell are they in the Super Bowl again? Um, but there we go. That's, that's the Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs, and you can put your money on it now because that's happening, uh, because I said so. Um, <laughs> the Andy Reid derby. The Andy Reid derby. Yes. Um, no, it's uh, they, they've got loads of picks and a pretty okay team as it is, yeah. and they're just going to find yeah. a way to like talent their way through. And it's going to yeah. be a bit boring, a bit rubbish, uh, and it's just going to be like, all right, fair enough, they got there. I do Sorry, like the Falcons to win the NFC South. I do like the Falcons <laughs> to win the NFC South. I do. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not Super Bowl, but I, honestly, with Tampa Bay, who knows? With yeah. New Orleans, who knows? And with Carolina, that team goes who as knows? far as McCaffrey is healthy. Yeah. So, you know, if, if Pitts can continue to develop, if you can get Calvin Ridley back, you know, hope he's all well and everything. I really, I honestly... It, I, I could see myself picking the Falcons to win the NFC South come the start of the season. These are going to be famous. These are going to be famous last words. But <laughs> the one thing you can trust in that division as of February the fifteenth is the Atlanta Falcons' offense. Everything else is yeah. a complete unknown. And if the Falcons' offense is, can they just keep Matt Ryan upright for some length of time? You know what I mean? Just give him a chance because he can still play pretty well, and they've got good weapons. That offense would be good to help them win seven, eight games, which might win them the division. Ooh. Absolutely disgusting if that happens, by the way. Um, but I'm glad we don't, we don't get this, this level of positivity about the Washington Commodore 64s uh, when Paul's in charge. No. Um, thank you for that. terrible. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I don't know how long we've been on for, maybe just shy of an hour. We'll take that. Um, thank you for listening throughout the season. Um, it's been a, a lovely job. I don't know if we're, if we're planning on doing this through the off-season. Presumably, we've got something planned for free agency and the draft and what have you, but no doubt yeah. uh, the boys will be back. Um, 
with that in mind, thank you again for stepping in, me. Uh, and we <laughs> look forward to speaking to you, speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Cheers.